Hey, how's it going? And welcome to the Since I'm Here podcast. I am your host, facilitator, brother, cousin, uncle, homeboy, your guy, whatever you want to call me. I am Tyrell Grant. And as I said, this is the Since I'm Here podcast. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, doing some things behind the scenes. We're now on Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, and a whole bunch of other places. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Since I'm Here Podcast on Instagram. You can contact me at Since I'm Here Pod. That's Since I'm Here P-O-D at gmail.com. All this info will be in the description of this podcast. So if you fast forward um whatever check it out in the description below so as i said before i'm starting a new thing because you know we try to deal with uh topics on this podcast that are relevant timely uh and right now some of the relevant and timely stuff man is is super negative super super controversial uh, and just just kind of pulls from your spirit, but it is stuff that we need to talk about, or that I get to talk about since I'm here. Um, but what I want to do is something that we started um, not too long ago is just try to throw something positive out there, something that um, you know kind of breaks up all the bad stuff that we hear and all the deep, real stuff we have to get to. But um, in searching out for this podcast, something positive, I really try to start my day with stuff like that, man. But I found an article from ABC News, and it's about a man who raises nearly $8,000 to pay off high school lunch debt for students. I don't know if you heard about this, but this is an article from ABC News. I'm sure it's, it's, it's all over the place. But this man stepped up to help students in his community with almost and raised almost nearly $8,000 for these children. And that's incredible. This brother's name is Dustin Wright. And uh, he created a fundraiser on Facebook. And his initial goal was to collect like a thousand dollars, you know, just a stack of so just to, to help towards some of these negative lunch account balances at Amherst High School, Amherst County High School. And, you know, he had read some of the stories about how kids had to put hot lunches back. They weren't able to eat because they had these outstanding balances. And this man stepped up. All right. And he was able to get some of his debt uh, wiped off of these kids' account. And I just want to give him and those that put into that fundraiser. I just want to give y'all the Since I'm Here podcast salute. Good looking out. Keep up the good work. You're inspiring other people. And uh, hopefully this story will inspire others, man. And, and it kind of hit home to me because growing up, we was we was poor, all right? Um, we couldn't even afford the O-R to be poor. It was just poor. P.O. <laughs> you know, um, so 
my mom qualified for a free lunch at one point. So I was able to get free lunch going to school, you know. And even that in and of itself was kind of embarrassing because you had a different card than everybody else. Everybody else, you know, but that, that is what it is. But, you know, you had to do what you had to do. But then I think she got like a few dollars more raise and it was like, nah, no free lunch for you. So, you know, when I could, I would put, you know, she'd give me a few dollars. I put something on the account. But man, when you was negative, you go up there, you get your little your little sandwich, you get your little thing, you go, you think you're about to eat and they hit you with the nah, fam. <laughs> nah, you're not eating today. And it's just, it's just a crazy feeling, man. You got to go through the rest of the day, you know, in middle school and then going into high school, especially ninth grade year, you know, you're not even at the age where you can even have a job yet. So you kind of just at the mercy of, of, of whatever your parents can give you. And if they at that time can't afford to give you that, you just go home, just go throughout the day hungry until you get home. And in some cases, I had some friends, they didn't even have nothing at home to eat and to, to look forward to eating. So uh, him coming through, handling that for them, that's a big thing, man. I, I wish somebody would have been there for me. Um, but I made up for it. You know, I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I eat a lot now to kind of make up for that. So it's all good. And, and, you know, I see stuff like that, and I just can't help but look at our country, man, with all the vast wealth, with all we have, you know, and then to see kids hungry, you know. It's, it's insane considering how much food we waste, how much food we throw away, how much food we, we consume. We're, we're the fattest nation uh, in the world, you know, and 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 I get it, man. I, I got a, I got a few pounds myself, man. We just packing on the pounds, we eating, and then we have kids that's in school in a public school where where our tax dollars go to, and you know they even have everybody should have a free lunch if you're asking me. And uh, this is something I see every day, man, just being in the early child care field and owning uh, a preschool and things like that. You know, me and my wife, we see it every day, man. You know, we've had to buy groceries for, for families and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's just kind of heartbreaking when you see what some of these kids go through. So when you see people step up like this, they saw a problem. Nobody had to tell them what to do. This guy said, look, let me start a fundraiser. People put their money where their mouth is, and they put it to the, to the proper place and made a dent in, in some of this, man. And that's, that's a good start, and they should be applauded. And again, you get the Since I'm Here podcast salute all day. Respect. Um. As you already know about this podcast, man, we talk about everything um, with my background in the church world, particularly in what many would call the, the Christian community. Um, everything that, that I see, I kind of filter through that lens to a certain degree. Um, obviously, being a black man, I filter things through that lens. And so I guess that's a part of my randomness. <laughs> Always on, on all these different sides, man. But 
one thing that has definitely collided those two worlds in recent weeks, as you all may know, is the trial and ultimately the conviction and sentencing of Amber Geiger. Um, for those of you that don't know, I don't know what rock you've been living under, but um, about a year ago, Amber Geiger, who is a police or was a police officer, uh, got off work, walked into uh, the Southside Flat apartment uh, complex there in Dallas, Texas, my home state, Texas. Uh, I don't know if I even want to claim them right now, but there's so much going on. We're going to talk about it. But she walks into the Southside Flats where she lives, um, but ends up going to the wrong apartment building and shooting the good brother, Botham Gene. Uh, and in shooting him, he ends up passing away, dying. He was, he was murdered. And after that, they have the trial. Um, during the trial, a lot comes out. She's sleeping with uh, some some guy that's on the force, another officer. Um, they, they find out that he, that she didn't even, it, it was just so much. She didn't even try to really administer any type of aid to this brother as he's laying there in his own home, minding his own business, eating a bowl of ice cream, just chilling, just kicking it, not bothering a soul. And she murdered him. Um, There's video of her outside talking on the phone for like seven minutes while he's laying there just trying trying to live, trying to grasp it. At life, and she was sentenced, and the oddest thing happened. The brother got gets up. She gets ten years. He gets up during like the the, the impact statement. Apparently, in Texas, they have, uh, and I'm not familiar with their judicial system. So if I'm messing something up, let me know. But after the sentencing. He gets up and does a family impact statement and says he forgives her and that he doesn't want any punishment for her um, or that's not his desire. And he forgives her and he just he wants her to accept Jesus, to follow the Christ, and they forgives her. Then he then he something. That in itself really isn't that bizarre, but the bizarre thing that caught many off guard was that he he then asked the judge if he could step down from the witness stand and give this woman, this murderer, a hug. The, the, the judge relents. She says, yes, go ahead. He gets down. He hugs her. He embraces her. Uh, everybody's in tears. They're crying. And for the last, I don't know, maybe week or so, there's been so much talk in in the black community about forgiveness, um, about post-traumatic slavery disorder. Why would he feel compelled to do this? Was it because she was white? All these different topics. I mean, I've had... 
countless conversations with my family, with, with friends, with, with just folks about this case, about this idea, the concept of forgiveness and what it means. When should you forgive? And, you know, it's led me to a lot of thought. First thing about this case and about this entire situation is that it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we have to constantly see things like this. It's unfortunate that this man who by all accounts, everybody, he had one friend get up there. Um, I can't remember her name. It was like Big Text. That was what they what he called her. They were like best friends from, from um, Harding and from Harding uh, University College. And I mean, she, she just laid out how gregarious he was, how just fun-loving, and he just loved everybody, and his mom gets up there, other people get up there, and they talk about just how good of a person he is, and as a black person, as a black man, you you sit back, and, and, and after years of hearing, you know, we, we heard in the um, cases before where, where cops have murdered unarmed black men, you know, we always hear that caveat. Well, they were doing this, or they were this type of person. They they were they weren't a good person, and they try to give us that to kind of make us say, okay, well, maybe he had it coming. But here we are in a case where he was literally doing everything he could right, and then some. And this lady busting his home. And shoots him. She shoots twice. One missing him. Another one piercing his heart. His chest. And he's gone. And so for me. Saying that I believe for many. uh, Regardless of of race or creed or religion or whatever. They see that and they go. What in the world is going on? And then you see the brother go forth and offer forgiveness. And a lot of folks were mad, particularly in the black community. They were upset. But I will say this. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought that I might see something like this. I didn't know if it would be the mother or the father because in, in, in kind of keeping up with this case, I knew a bit about their religious background, you know? So I thought maybe I might see something said about forgiveness or or, or see something uh, that would, 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 would speak to that. So, but then the, the getting down and hugging her and stuff like that, I will say I was thrown aback. Not that he did it, per se, because I believe in forgiveness and I've, I've taught on forgiveness and, and I've spoken on forgiveness and, and I, I do my very best to practice forgiveness. And we'll get to that in a minute. But I was just taken aback by, you know, the judge and allowing such a thing. Because when I, I'm watching, the, I was supposed to be doing some work, but I was watching it as it unfolded live. 
on a, a YouTube had a live stream of it, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh man, don't get off the. What if she has a weapon, or what if he has a weapon? Oh man, what can this go? You know, just thinking about those things. But as far as forgiveness, let's talk about that. Um, many people are saying that who could forgive a murderer? Who could forgive a person that that murdered your own brother in cold blood and didn't even try to save him? People were outraged, outraged. But as I as I looked at it, you know, I'm like, I, I get where he's coming from because he didn't forgive her for her benefit necessarily. Forgiveness in the biblical sense, to just boil it down. And the only reason I'm using the biblical sense is because that's where he's coming from. As a Christ follower, he's saying, look, this is where I get my worldview. This is where I get how I how I move and how I shake. And he's saying, what I believe compels me to no longer hold this to her account. To release myself from a bondage. Now, I think what people got or what got misconstrued in that is that forgiveness. Now, he did say, I I don't want you. I don't even care if you get any time. Well, it was kind of too late. She was already getting the time, right? Because he said, it's not going to bring my brother back. And I get that. That's his thing. But forgiveness, true biblical forgiveness, is not void of punishment, right? If you do something and you you got to pay the piper, right? So so there is an idea of of mercy, and there's an idea of grace, and and, and just to kind of sum it up, grace is basically giving you something that you didn't work for, a free gift. Right, that's grace. Mercy is not giving you what you earned. Right, so th- those are those ideas that are floating around. Th- those are those concepts in light of things biblically. But you can you can forgive somebody. He forgave her, but that doesn't stop the fact that in a court of law, she still has to face this punishment, and she she did now. I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't going to hold you. Ten years for me was a little too nice-nice, right? Considering you you can only, you can get off after five or even less than that with parole. It just didn't, the punishment didn't seem to fit the crime. And I think that was also a big contention from, from a lot of folks, but again, particularly in the African-American black community. So, when you see this, or when we see this, we just go, huh. All right, 10 years for another black life. And it does bring up the Philando Castiles and, and all the other names that escape me right now. They would escape me while I'm doing my podcast, right? But it just gets old. And so these conversations 
are going on throughout our community, throughout this nation. And it hurts. But again, no one's hurting it more than this family. So, so we go past that. We, we're all trying to process that. And in Dallas, once again, we see that one of the witnesses, one of the key witnesses, Joshua Brown, is murdered outside of his apartment, um, not too far from the Southside Flats where the incident with Amber Geiger and Botham John took place, or the murder of Botham John took place, we see Joshua Brown, who used to be the next-door neighbor. The apartment next to Botham is where Joshua was staying. And he, and he testified to what he heard and what he saw that day, and they credited him as one of the people that helped get her convicted. Well, we see not too many days after the sentencing and everything is over with, we see this young man murdered. Now, many people are, are saying foul play. And again, I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> this is pretty weird in and of itself. Like they said he was doing some type of drug deal. And one person who's our witness said he was just getting out the car and then this happened. It just doesn't look good, family. It doesn't look good. I'm sorry. It doesn't look good. I don't have my tinfoil hat on right now. I'm just telling you it don't look good. We got to wait for some more to go in. But we keep seeing this. This is an interesting case. Now, in a seemingly unrelated event, couple days ago of, of the airing or, or the recording of this podcast and I, and I'm, I might be butchering his name um, Antiana Jefferson and please forgive me if I'm messing her name up Antiana Jefferson is this young lady She's watching her nephew. Um, I believe she has an elderly mother or, or, or someone living there, or she's at the house with her. And a neighbor around 2 o'clock, I believe, at night, or in the morning, how do you want to look at it? 2 a.m., sees that their door, a couple of their doors, are open to their home, to um, Mrs. Jefferson's home. And he does what any good neighbor would do, not understanding what was going on, not able to you know, render the right service just in case it was a, a burglary or something that was going on. He picks up the phone to a non-emergency number and calls the police. He calls the police in Fort Worth, and 15 minutes later, they arrive. 15 minutes later, they show up. 
15 minutes after you get a call for a welfare or wellness check, they show up. No sirens. Um, no, don't make much to any noise. They show up. You're just doing what a good neighbor would do. They show up, and you can look on the internet now. Uh, saw this video of a body cam of an officer. He was about, I think, 18 months. I could be off on that, but he was a rookie um, police officer. Rookie police officer. Body cam shows him never warning Miss Jefferson that he is a police officer and that he's come to do this or that, which we know is what they should do. They should alert you to their presence. They should identify themselves so that what occurred will not occur. And he's at, they're at the window. I forgot to throw that in. They're at the window of this home, of this residence. And as she is lifting the curtain to see what the commotion is, pow! Shoots her. Basically point blank range with her nephew looking on. This is what we're dealing with. This is what goes on and it's happening far too much. It's far too much, family. Upon seeing this, upon hearing this news, I'm not going to lie to you, I cried. It brought tears to my eyes. Because you don't want to, myself personally, you don't want to become someone who's afraid of the police, which many of us are as black folk in America. You don't want to become somebody who sees another white person on the street and wonders, do they hate me because the color of my skin? You don't want to become that person. But when you see people in their home up playing video games with their nephew or watching TV and enjoying a bowl of ice cream. The other night I was just like 9.30. I was up playing Nintendo and stuff with my son. That could have been me. That could be you. So upon seeing this and hearing this, it just brought tears to my eyes. And it made me wonder how far is all this going? Where are we headed with all of this? Since I'm here, let's just talk about that. Where are we headed with all of this? I see preachers and pastors in the area banding together in the Fort Worth, Dallas-Fort Worth area. If you're from Dallas-Fort Worth, you know it's, it's basically all the same. Or if you've been there, you know to that trained eye, it's all the same. But but I see these people banding together. And, and, and one thing that I heard 
that I think we should all take heed to, it was one pastor, I'm sorry I can't remember his name. Y'all going to learn that my memory um, is not the best. I used to smoke a lot of weed years ago. It's just, it just, it is what it is, bro. <laughs> it is what it is. But I saw all these people talking, and I saw this one pastor, he, he, he spoke out, and he said that we have to not let this we have to we have to not let this become something that is here today gone tomorrow he said so many times we we see these things we go this is outrageous what is going on and then we just move on and we don't care in a week Something is wrong. It could be, well, it's not could be. We have a system that is flawed. It's systemic. But something is desperately and definitely wrong with us as human beings. Could be sin, could be insanity, but we have gone off the rails. We we shouldn't be that afraid of one another. That we that that, that we lose our minds and start just going crazy with and shooting each other before we even know what's going on. Racism is real. Bigotry is shown up real. And I'll tell you this story. And it speaks to the realness of racism and bigotry and supremacy, white supremacy, if I if I can use that term. But it really speaks to the fact that this stuff is not a part of us. It's something that's learned. It's something that's taught. We weren't created to be like this. Now, a while back, well, I'll start here. Like I just said, I own a business and we take care of people's children, kids, all day long. I've never met a racist, bigoted baby. Not once. I don't care what color, what, 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 anything, not, nothing. Children could care less until you make them care about skin color or religion or, or whatever the case may be that, that we find lines to separate ourselves on. They just want to play and pretend to be Spider-Man. Okay, that's all they want to do and eat. They eat a lot. They're like little trash compactors, they eat a lot. So it, it it just baffles me. You read in scripture like, hey, you should Jesus says, hey, be like these little children. 
I think we should be more like them. We too smart for our own good. Right? So, speaking of that, one day, it's me and my son, my oldest son. At the time, he was about four. And we go to a local park. Uh, I live in Kentucky, by the way. I know, I know. I know what you're thinking. Yep. Probably wasn't the best idea for a black man to move to Kentucky. But that's a whole other story for a whole other time. Fairly decent town. You know, you got your bad apples, but it's cool. I love it. I like it. But anyway, we go to this park, as we've done many times before. Across the street is this uh, a market. Go to the market, get some, some drinks or whatever, and we go to the park. I'm walking. My son's kind of running ahead of me. I'm walking. And in front of us is a little boy with what I will assume was his granddad. And as I'm walking up, I hear the little boy, this again was a couple years ago now, um, and the little boy says, hey, Brendan, there's a nigger pointing to my son. He says, look, granddad, there's a nigger pointing to my son. And, and the grandfather says, I told you to never, you don't say that in public. Picks him up and they dart back to the car. I kid you not. And I'm sitting there. My son, by the way, has never been called a nigga. Never heard that word around him. <laughs> he pays it absolutely no attention. Jumps on his little green uh, dinosaur is like it's like a rocking horse, but it's like you know made like a dinosaur, and just starts going to town. And he has like, hey, where where are they going? And I'm just sitting there. Honestly, I was I was pissed off. It's like what? Not not even at the kid. He he couldn't have been no more than five years old. Maybe six. Okay, anywhere from six on down. But at the reaction of this grown man who says you don't say those things in public. And that's where bigotry and racism and supremacy are born in private. That boy, you could have told him that he that my son was a starfish and he would have believed it. He has no no reason to question what his bigoted, racist granddad believes. He has no reason to question what he's been taught. That's just what he's been taught. And he's gonna have that in his mind for years and years to come. On Netflix, they have something called um Making a murderer. I, I started watching it a while back. Never really finished it. You know, you don't finish half the stuff that's on Netflix. But that they should have a show making a racist. There's a little child that just wanted to play. But you put this in his mind. Here's my child. I don't put that in his mind. 
So he he didn't know what was going on, but I did. As they're walking away, I'm seeing his dad, a granddad or whatever, and just thinking, how pathetic. How pathetic of a man do you have to be? Some people, that's all they got. The fact that their skin is, is different than yours. That's all they think they have, I should say. This type of stuff is being trained into our children. Don't be the person that trains your child to be a racist and a bigot and a supremacist. Train your child to be someone who loves, who wants to serve others, who doesn't care about uh, uh, things that, 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 that don't matter. And train your child to be those who stand up when they see stuff like this going on. Either way, that's what I'm going to do with mine. It was sad, man. So I bring it back to this. How far is all this going to go? Where are we at here in society? Here we are in 2019. 2017 or whatever it was at the time, and we still got folks training their children to be racist, to be bigots, to think that their skin makes them better than somebody else. Now, I could have made some judgments about him. I mean, after all, I pulled up and Really, fairly decent car. I mean, it runs. It was paid for. He had a car with smoke coming out the back. It was beat up. I could have said, well, that's just how broke people act. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe it's just the car you like to drive. Why make so many assumptions? About me or my child. Why teach hate when you could teach something worthwhile? But I said all this to say, and to say how far is it going, because when you look at this Botham Jean, when you look at this Joshua Brown murder and, and, and everything, and Antonia Jefferson, and, and when you look at all of these things, and then you take in consideration the countless, countless upon countless upon countless murders and misunderstandings between black men and women and police officers who are predominantly white or the many videos that you see online of injustice and, and hate against people of color and, and all walks of life. This stuff starts at home. It starts at home. It really does. What we teach, what we show our children, they're going to take it with them, you know. But, but I can't help 
when I see this stuff online, when I see this stuff in the news, I rarely really do watch the news, man. I, I try to stay away from it. You know, I look online, look at a few articles, but as far as like your, these news telegrams, CNN, I, I just can't do it. Fox News, I really can't do it. I just, I would love nothing more than those channels to just go away. You know, they're just biased. Uh, I just want to hear the facts about what's going on. I don't need to hear six different people give their opinion uh, only to go to break and give this give even more opinion to the exact same topic. Report the news, man. That's my rant about news. Um, I just see it and, and it's... I just wonder, man, like... It's like somebody wants us to fight each other all the time. This should all be so simple to quote Lauren Hill. But we just keep coming up with scars. This should all be so simple. It's like somebody wants us fighting. I don't know. I don't know. What do y'all think? So just let me know what you think. With all this stuff going on, I'd love to know your, um, what do you think about forgiveness? What is forgiveness to you? Do you think a person needs to ask for forgiveness before forgiveness is given? Do you think um, forgiveness is predicated on you giving a person punishment and then forgiving them after they fulfilled or lived out that punishment. I just want to know your thoughts. Also, uh, how far do you think this is going to go? Where are we headed? Do you think we can turn it around? Do you think we can get back on a solid footing and just start loving each other and being um, what we ought to be? Or do you think um, it's going to get worse before it gets better? I don't know. I just want to know your ideas. Again, everything that has to do with this show will be in the show notes, the description, if you will, of this podcast. And, you know, just reach out to us. Uh, we are on the Anchor app, so you can ask messages, ask questions directly to me, and I can put them into the podcast, and we can answer those live on the podcast. Um, reach out on Facebook. Uh, the Since I'm Here podcast, or you can go Instagram uh, and follow us on the Since I'm Here podcast, or you can contact me through you know just regular old email. Since I'm Here pod again, that's Since I'm Here pod at gmail.com. Man, I love y'all, I appreciate you rocking with me. Until next time. Deuces.